Welcome to the Bot Canon, where we take the first 100 words of human literature and give it to an AI to finish to see how they would tell it differently. Today, we're reading The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. He didn't say any more, but we've always been unusually communicative in a reserved way, and I understood that he meant a great deal more than that. In consequence, I'm inclined to reserve all judgments, a habit that has opened up many curious natures to me and also made me the victim of every kind of injustice. Most men, indeed, are haunted by the guilt of good fortune. They feel like people who were born in window seats and have to keep walking over the people who haven't. No matter how hard you try to put these thoughts out of your mind, they still creep back. I learned this more than ever after meeting Gatsby, a man who represented everything for which I have an unaffected scorn. He had some ineffable mystery about him, however, that prevented my forming any clear idea of the real man. I first met him at an evening party, and was attracted at once by the rich, vulgar vitality which he was pouring so profusely into the atmosphere. He offered me a martini, and I accepted, all the while thinking how strange it was that anyone so comparatively young should drink so desperately. But when he sat down beside me, I said, I'm surprised to find you drinking hard liquor. Ah, he said, I suppose I must look it. Why do you? I asked. Because I'm on this drug, he said, touching his chest. My doctor gives it to me. What drug? Gin. Gin? The doctor says I must drink gin or my retina will be affected. Your what? It's a little spot in the center of your retina. What makes you think the doctor's a liar? He smiled understandingly and shook his head. I don't mean he's lying to me, he said. I believe him, because he's never lied to me before. Gatsby's greatest charm, I thought, is that he's one of the few honest people whom I've ever known. I believe everything he says, even when he delivers it with such bitter cynicism. Tell me, he said, bending closer. I want to ask you something. Do you like music? What sort of music? You know, old music. The music of 1913? I certainly do, I said. Why do you ask? Well, I'm giving a small dinner next Saturday night. Nothing very elaborate, but we're playing all the old songs, the ones you used to hear, and I'd like you to come. I'd like to come, very much. What sort of songs do you like, he asked. Anything by a Irving Berlin? I like all kinds, I answered. Then we'll have all of them, he said. Put on anything you like. All right, I consented. Splendid, he said, and with that, he vanished into the crowd. The next time I saw him was at a small dinner. It was about a week after the first. He sat close to me all through the dinner, and when someone spoke to him, he answered with marvelous politeness and charm. You're not eating much, I said. I never eat as much as I want to, he replied. I found myself wishing that I could persuade him to say more and tell him of the bitter disappointment I had had in the morning. He seemed fascinated by my own affairs and spoke of them with a profound sympathy that touched me. I suppose you've had some rather terrible adventures, he said. I had. So many, in fact, that I wondered how he could know anything about them. I've been everywhere, I answered. He seemed delighted by this and exclaimed, Really? Then you feel you've seen something of human nature? Yes, I said. Then I must ask you, what, in your opinion, was the main reason that Tom Buchanan got himself into that mess? I suppose you mean about his wife. Of course. Well, in my opinion, I answered, it all comes from his sense of inferiority. If he hadn't felt so inferior to Daisy, he'd never have done that to her. Daisy? Tom's wife. She's a very strange person. She's an extraordinary woman. I suppose so, he murmured as if to himself. I should like to meet her. Does she come here often? No, hardly ever. Almost never, he exclaimed. Then just about never, Tom comes here with her. 
No, I answered. I've only seen them together once. I see. I suppose that means I shall have to come across her. Well, I answered, you might meet her almost any evening. They're both here so much. I see, he repeated, never taking his eyes from me. It's funny. I feel as though I'd known her before. I wish I'd had a chance to speak to her. What did she say to you about me? Oh, a lot of things. What sort of things? Just what any woman would say to a man, that she loved his looks and all that rot. Gatsby laughed incredulously. What did she say she loved about my looks? You should ask her yourself, I said. She's right over there. Daisy was standing up the castle with Tom Buchanan at her side. Gatsby walked directly up to Tom and spoke to him earnestly and confidentially. I want you to marry her, Tom, he said. What? I want you to marry her. Daisy? Tom looked to his wife, befuddled. I've already married her. Do you mean to say you want me to take her again? I'd be crazy to do it, and she's crazier than I am. Not that, you fool. I mean what I say. What's that? I want you to take her and go away with her. Go away where? Anywhere. Just away. Go away from here. Just back to Chicago or anywhere else and stay there. Oh, no, cried Daisy. Yes, said Gatsby. Oh, don't. I couldn't bear to leave you, Gatsby. I love you so much. I can't live without you. Yes, you can, said Gatsby. Oh, couldn't we be married here, just here, tonight? cried Daisy, tugging frantically at Tom's arm. You mean you and Gatsby? Tom asked. You want to leave me and marry Gatsby? Yes, I do. But Daisy, darling, Gatsby interrupted him. What's this all about, anyhow? It's about Daisy's wanting to leave me, Tom, and go off with Gatsby. Gatsby's face lit up. You mean Daisy loves me? he cried incredulously. Daisy? cried Tom, turning toward her. What's all this about, anyhow? Daisy, did you tell this man you wanted to go with him? Well, I... I thought I did. But our marriage, Tom said. How could you leave me? But... but you said you loved me, Daisy cried. I loved you so much. It's a lie, Tom cried. I never loved you. Daisy turned and ran out of the rose garden, with Gatsby and Tom Buchanan running after her. I watched them from afar, knowing what would happen. When it was finally over and they were gone, I walked slowly back to the house. Chapter 10. The Valley of Ashes I was in my room, thinking about Daisy and Tom, when Gatsby called me over to the telephone. I say, old sport, he had a strange sound to his voice, isn't it about time you were through with this place and came to live in New York again? What? I want you to come back east, right away. There's lots of luck in a fellow's getting a break, and you're getting the biggest break in the world, coming where you're likely to get it. I did want my big break, but if I moved to live in New York with Tom, I'd have to give up my romantic friendship with Gatsby, so I told him I couldn't do it. What? he exclaimed. Didn't you get my letter? I didn't get any letter. Sure you got it, I wrote it to you weeks ago, he frowned. It said that big things were going to happen to Gatsby, and you were going to help him make them happen. I was? Certainly, didn't you? Well, I faltered. I thought... You didn't think, he interrupted impatiently. And now I've been east for two weeks looking for you. I looked you up at your aunt's, and you weren't there. I looked you up at your office, and they told me you were away. I looked you up on Broadway, and they told me you'd gone to Long Island. I looked you up at West Egg, and they told me to ask Gatsby. I've been to your house, and the club, and a lot of other places, and I can't find you. Nobody's seen you for ten days. I was away, I said. How'd you make out with Wolfsheim's place? I bought it. What? You know, Wolfsheim's place? Well, I bought his. Good lord! I could almost hear shouts of laughter from Gatsby. Have you gone crazy or something? Why, the place is nothing but a dump. Dump or not, I've bought it, and I intend to stay there. Well, look here, old sport, he said. You can't go on living in this middle-of-nowhere place. Look what's happened to you already. 
What's happened? I've made a small investment. What's happened, he said, is you've turned yourself into some kind of a nut. You've got to get right back from this place right away. I couldn't believe it. It seemed incredible that Gatsby, after what had happened between us, could insult me so. Look here, he said. You're coming to New York tonight. But I refused and told him so. After close to an hour of further argument, he finally let me go. And that was the last time I ever heard from Gatsby. He would never invite me to his house again, and whenever I met him in society, I was too proud to speak to him. So I went back to the Valley of Ashes, and to my home, and to my life as it was before. But I always wondered what had happened to Gatsby. Chapter 11. The Death of Gatsby. If you have a book suggestion, or would like to be a guest reader on a future podcast, please email us at thebotcanon at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at thebotcanon.